Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Wednesday, the 10th day of January 2024. Another bit on the English Civil War. In 1645, while Charles I certainly had created tension with some of his secular positions, religion was another major factor. We've alluded to Charles leaning towards the Pope, but there were those gaining power along with and parallel to Charles who wanted to keep the Church of England on a more formal and structured path. Archbishop William Laud was one of those. Laud seemed to agree with Charles that the Church of England should be ruled by bishops and retain its high church nature. Parliament disagreed with both. Laud was tried for treason, but a verdict could not be reached, yet he remained in prison in the Tower of London. In the end, Parliament passed a bill of attainder, and he was beheaded on this day. Charles later remarked that he allowed Laud too much authority. Certainly, Parliament acted unjustly. The take-home point is, a civil war is rarely civil. Thomas Paine publishes his pamphlet entitled Common Sense in 1776. It promotes the idea of independence for the colonies and a government that is void of social hierarchy. It helped fan the flames of independence. Today we think of a pamphlet as a single page or two. Common Sense was 47 pages, so in fact, a short book. Initially published anonymously, and there was an official version and one by another printer, Payne never profited from the work. Payne is worth a look on his own. Unlike other founding fathers, he was a recent immigrant to the colonies, arriving in 1774. After the war, he spent time in France urging and watching their uprisings. Eventually, he returned to the States and was a frequent critic of the new country and leaders, especially Washington. Travel today is something folks in the early days of the country could not fathom. In 1812, the first steamboat arrives in New Orleans, having departed Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 82 days earlier. The river route was the easiest route by far, but even that was not an easy trip. The Ohio has a number of dams and locks that make it navigable today. One of the largest set of rapids was at Louisville, Kentucky, known as the Falls on the Ohio. Today, you can drive the river routes in about 18 hours. John D. Rockefeller incorporates Standard Oil in 1870. The basic idea was that oil lamps were a primary form of lighting during the period. The lamp oil was not well refined nor consistent and could contain more or less amounts of the light fuels. As such, it was more difficult and outright dangerous to use and handle. Rockefeller refined the oil to remove the lighter, more flammable compounds and create a uniform or standard product. He saw a need and filled it, becoming extremely wealthy in the process. That, folks, is a simple plan, and today some folks do the same thing and often find the same results. Not related to Rockefeller, the first Texas oil gusher is discovered in the Spindletop Field near Beaumont, Texas in 1901. For the most part, these gushers are a thing of history. Drillers understand the issues and takes complex steps to keep the pressure under control, but occasionally things still go wrong. For reasons not completely clear, exploration of Antarctica was more perilous than the Arctic. In 1917, survivors of the Ross Party are rescued after being stranded for several months. 
The Treaty of Versailles takes place officially ending World War I in 1920. We could have a lengthy discussion of why the United States never ratified the treaty. President Wilson wanted to promote his League of Nations, and this was part of the negotiations. But Wilson did not include the Republicans in the talks, and they controlled the Senate. The different factions had different issues with the treaty, and they could not get the two-thirds vote in the Senate. The U.S. will sign three treaties with Germany, Austria, and Hungary the next year. Overall, few parties were happy with the deal, maybe only England and France. Distaste for the outcome of World War I and the terms of the treaty will ferment and bring on World War II. Scott McKenzie was born on this day in 1939. If the name does not ring a bell, listen to this hint. He had dabbled in the music and folk scenes and was a friend of John Phillips of the Mamas and Papas. He was asked to join that group, but wanted to see what he could do as a solo artist. San Francisco was the anthem for the Summer of Love. Beyond the single hit, he recorded very little. He was the writer of the hit Kokomo for the Beach Boys, though. The Summer of Love, in some ways, was a disaster, as was the entire counterculture that it embodied. The idea of free love and do your own thing sounds good. However, a strong society hinges on self-responsibility and, to a high degree, self-restraint. A Summer of Love in a coastal climate might work for a few days or weeks, but it is not sustainable. Someone has to be productive and provide food and shelter for the winter in the rest of the country. Sadly, a portion of society never left the summer of love and became functional adults. They wanted to coast on the high work ethic of their parents in what is known as the greatest generation that worked our way through World War II. British rocker Rod Stewart is 79 today. One of the technical outcomes of World War II was radar and improved use of radio signals. In 1946, the Army Signal Corps successfully bounces signals off the moon and receives them back on Earth. Kiwi screenwriter Fran Walsh is 65. She is the longtime partner of the more public Peter Jackson. The pair, along with Philippa Boyens, were the screenwriters for The Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies and a few other works. 44 years ago, the New England Journal of Medicine publishes an article discussing narcotics and their use in treating patients. This is later misused to downplay the risk of addiction. One point that should be well known and does not seem to get the traction it should, genetics play a significant role in how a person reacts to opioids, for that matter, nicotine and addiction in general. Daniel Ortega becomes president of Nicaragua in 1985. Ortega will not have good relations with the United States. He wants to court the Soviet Union and Cuba. Time Incorporated, a major publishing firm, and Warner Communications, the conglomerate that was built on funds from the Warner Brothers Film Studio, decide to merge into a single major company. Both companies have diverse holdings in the media. The merger is fought by another film studio conglomerate, Paramount Pictures. In the end, they merge and have since spun off various companies. 
That's History and Comment for the 10th day of January. I'm Doug Terrell. Now, go do something worth remembering.